This morning, I am excited to bring God's word to you, and uh, I'm excited for this church. I love my church. And when I, amen. I love it. And what gets me excited is that we together, we make the church. It's not the, it's not the walls. It's not the person standing up here. We together make the church. And I just want to thank our video team. They, uh, when, when Last week, this week, when I'm kind of standing up here getting ready, I see what's on the screen. It just inspires me uh, even more, and so thank them. Uh, and I want to thank our interns. So I don't know if you know it, but we have eight interns here uh, this summer, uh, and they are uh, really investigating and seeing where God has called them as men and women, as, as they're in college and kind of studying uh, whether they want to be uh, in ministry. And that's dear to my heart, because 15 years ago, I was an intern here, and I thank God that uh, BlackRock invests in these college students because for me, I was trying to figure out, am I made for ministry? Is this a calling that God has put on my life? And through the internship here at BlackRock, I was able to see that and then get my first job uh, here at the church. And so uh, thank you to you as you give, as you give faithfully. It allows us to invest in eight uh, college students and help them to see their calling. And so uh, thanks for being a part of this church and what we're doing. We're talking about why we love the church. And as we do that, the lights are going to come on. And you got this uh, inside your bulletin. This is a, kind of a skills sheet. And I want to describe, because you're probably saying, why the heck would I fill this out? And here's why I want to tell you why I want to encourage you to fill it out. Uh, we use a, a tool called the City. And if you don't have a pen, you can just go on the church mobile app, and you can fill this out right there uh, on the mobile app, too, if you don't, uh, want, uh, don't have a pen. We use a thing called the City. And the City allows us, as a church, to communicate uh, together and to also connect together. And one of the tools with the city, this is an online platform that we use as a church, uh, it allows uh, you to fill out your skills. And there's about 50 skills that we have listed here. And when you fill these out, this allows us as a staff to be able to see who is gifted in what ways at our church. And you're saying, okay, what, why does that really matter? Well, an example would be uh, when our missions conference comes around and we're looking to house all our missionaries. If you select hospitality, it allows us to then send you a specific email because you have uh, kind of selected that skill and you will kind of be able to use your gifts and your talents in your wheelhouse to serve within this church. Last week, I, I needed to get an electrician here really quickly. And so uh, through the city, I was able to see uh, skills of people within our church, and I was able to identify someone at our church who had that skill and have them come here, save the day, and save me hundreds of dollars uh, in, in the process. And so it's a you, by filling this out, allow us to use your skills and your talents to help uh, within this church. And on your way out of the worship center, you can uh, hand those in. You know, I am, I'm excited about the church. And you've heard me I, a couple months ago, actually last year, I talked about the church for two Sundays and, and my passion for it and how the church is what God wants to use to save the world. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of, of the church and, and why we love the church, but in a way where uh, you see your part in that because God has gifted you and talented and give you talents in, in some amazing ways. But you know what? Why do we love the church? 
When you see this on, on a t-shirt, why is it that you love the church? Maybe you're one that you came to faith here at BlackRock, and that's why you're so passionate, because you realize that, that the church allowed you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Or maybe you're here, and, and you find community here, and you're finding real, authentic relationships that, that nowhere else around that you're, you've been looking for that, but you find that here, and that's why you love the church. Maybe it's because here we teach the Bible, and we teach it with authority, and we believe that the Word of God guides us each and every day, and you come here and you're, you're so excited about what we're doing as we preach the Word. Or maybe it's because your kids and your, your students in your, in your life, you know that they are being grounded here in the identity of Christ and not in the identity of the world. Or maybe you're just excited because at BlackRock, we support missions and we are passionate about uh, supporting 70 missionaries and 15 organizations, and we're all about that, and that's why you love it. Or maybe you're passionate about the church and you love this church because this church is the place where you can use your gifts and your talents to impact people. That is through the church that you're able to say, you know what, I can, I can use my God-given talents and abilities and skills and, and my job to make an impact all over the world. You know, for me, I think back to my life. I think back to uh, when I was a part of church and when I just sat there and I enjoyed church, I was, I was all about kind of the experience on Sunday morning, the worship, the preaching, uh, but I sat back, and it wasn't until one day I made a choice. I made a choice to say, I am going to use my gifts and my talents, not for myself, but for Jesus. And since that day, I view myself, the church, everything differently, and there's no turning back because I've experienced when I use my gifts and talents every day for God, there's something that happens in your spirit that gets you excited for life that gets you excited to say, I want to be just not a part of church. I want to be the church. I want to be using my gifts and my talents to bring people to know Jesus Christ. And you're saying, okay, what does, it, what does that like look like? Isn't it just the staff that is supposed to be like all excited for church? Well, I am a huge, huge sports fan. I want to give you an illustration, okay? So I have to represent this because it's coming up, okay? I'm a big Giants fan, okay? Now all the Patriot fans. Okay? Now there's a thing in, in football. It's called the 12th man, okay? There are 11 players on the field at all times, okay? And if you have the 12th person on the field, you get a penalty. But there's an idea called the 12th man. And the 12th man is when you are playing in your home stadium, the crowd is your 12th person. And they are supposed to cheer when, uh, the, when you're on kind of defense and make it so that the other team can't hear and they kind of get distracted. And now, there's a team that is crazy when it comes to being the, the 12th man. It's, they are the Seattle Seahawks, okay? They take such pride in being the 12th man that before their game, they raise a flag. They have a flagpole on the one side of their stadium, and they raise their flag, and then they all just start screaming. And what's amazing about the Seattle Seahawks and their fans being 12th men, is that they have twice now broken the Guinness Book of World Records for being the loudest stadium ever. 
okay? They have gotten it to sound so loud that it's reached 137 decibels. And you're saying, how loud is that? That is a, a, jet, a jet engine is that loud. They get their stadium to be that loud because their fans realize they are a part of what is happening on the field. And when you think of church and you think of the people on stage kind of leading and all that, I want you to now start thinking of yourself as a 12th man or woman to say, I have a part in this church and I'm going to use everything that God has given me each and every day to be a part of what is happening at our church. Because when we do that, God starts to do great things. On an average Sunday, there are 600, or there are 600 people throughout the week and on Sunday that use their gifts and their talents here at this church to impact other people. That is truly amazing. But we also have another 800 that are just, you're, you're sitting there, you're going, okay, what should I do? And this morning, I hope that you're inspired. I hope you're inspired to say, I want to use my gifts and talents here at this church because I love this church, because this church has changed me. God has changed me here, and now I want the opportunity to give back. If you have your Bibles, I want to show you what the scriptures have to say on what it means for us to be a part of the church and use our gifts and talents. So turn to Romans 12. I love the, the book of Romans, specifically the chapter 12. Uh, the first two verses are dear to me. They're, they're ones that kind of guide me each and every day. But we're going to look at verses uh, 3 through 8. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. And so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's three things that, that this morning I want to just encourage you with. The first is this idea of humility. That when we serve and we serve within the church and within the body, it is not about us. It is not about you kind of showing off your, your gifts and your talents, but it's you realizing who you are. In light of the cross and what Jesus has done in your life, you are forgiven. You have been made new, and because of that, God wants to use you. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you, but he wants to use you because you have experienced the grace and the truth and the forgiveness that comes through the cross. And I think sometimes when we get discouraged when we serve, when we kind of go, you know what, why am I doing this? We make it about ourselves. But when we serve, and we serve with the right heart, with the right attitude, out of humility, out of realizing it is, a, it is a privilege because we have been blessed by Jesus through the cross, we serve and we serve with the right heart. 
We serve as members, as one member in the body, in the church. You see, the church is not just made up of individuals, but we come together, each one of us, we have a function, we have a role together that makes it so that we can do incredible things for Jesus. You know, see, if if I had just been one person this week, I would not have been able to make a huge impact. But this week, I was surrounded by 54 other people who went down and loved 140 kids in P.T. Barnum Bridgeport. Together, each one of us using our gifts and talents, we were able to bring Jesus' love to 140 kids. If I tried to do that all by myself in my own strength, I would have failed miserably. But together, we can do incredible things. In this church, we are doing that. And thank you for all of you who are wearing a shirt today who have said, I am investing in other people. I am all about serving here at Black Rock. We're serving in our gifts that God has blessed us with. See, I believe that God has blessed you, you specifically, with gifts and talents that no one else has. You have a job, you've had had education, you've had experiences that no one else has. And because of that, you have a role to play at this church. If you have empathy or compassion, you are the complete opposite of me, okay? I I don't have that. I am not that type of person, but I realize that. So I surround myself with those that have those gifts so that they can help me minister to other people. You see, we all have a role in this church. And when one of us or a team of us doesn't fulfill our role, things go haywire. Imagine if our tech team right now said, we're done, we're walking away. You see, when you have no microphone and you have no lights, you can create a great sermon, but no one will really pay attention to it. Let's give it up for our tech team. I love serving with that team because that team, the only time we notice them is when something goes wrong. (laughs) And they serve so faithfully. They're here at 8 o'clock getting together, talking through what's happening for the entire day, and then most of them stay till 12.30, 1 o'clock. And it's because of them that it allows us to put on a service where God's Spirit moves. And that's all of us. Wherever you are serving here, you are making a difference. So many times I hear it said that, you know what, I don't know where to start serving. So I'm going to wait for that perfect opportunity to step into serving here at BlackRock. And you've been sitting there for two years and you're going, I still haven't figured it out. I want to challenge you this morning to one thing. To go out, to look through that serving brochure and pick one area and say, for the next six months, this might not be in my wheelhouse. This might not be exactly what I know I'm supposed to be doing. But for the next six months, I'm just going to start serving and see what happens. See how just starting to serve opens up your heart to what God wants to do in and through you and how he's going to reveal more and more of his true identity in you. And so if you're not serving, take that step today and just say, I, I want to do something. Just show me where I'm supposed to serve. You know, the, the, when we kind of summarize Revelation 12, uh, 3 through 8, here are the words that I think of. 
We belong to each other. We minister to each other, and we need each other. We belong to each other. We minister to each other, and we need each other. What does that look like? You know, I was at Six Flags on, uh, on uh, Friday. We took uh, 85 uh, kids and adults from uh, P.T. Barnum up there. And I got the privilege of sitting at the entrance, one of the side entrances, and hanging out with all the kids that got sick after going on a ride. And so they would come hang out with me for half an hour. But one of the things that you, you might not know about Six Flags is that from the C- CEO down, all the way down to those who are collecting tickets or on security or uh, uh, kind of having uh, you have a great experience, they all are on a mission to have their park be the very cleanest park ever. And so they all pick up trash, whoever it is. And so I'm sitting at this side kind of entrance on Friday, and I saw a host of um, managers. I saw a guy in a suit walk by, and when they saw trash on the ground, they all picked it up because they were all in for their mission to say, we are going to be a park that, that, that prides ourselves in this idea. You know, I think that's the same for us at, at BlackRock is that we want to take such pride and such ownership, all of us together, that we're willing to say, whatever it takes, I am going to help whatever it takes. It might not be in my wheelhouse or in what exactly I'm supposed to do, but when I see a piece of trash on the ground, I'm going to pick it up. When I pull into the parking lot, I might park somewhere else because I, I, I know that someone else needs that spot. And it's that attitude and that mindset. And I just want to lay before you kind of three areas that I think we as a church need to take such pride in that we will do whatever it takes. And one of the first areas for us, if we want to be that kind of 12th person in loving this church, the first one is that the front door is always held open. And what I mean by that is this, is I'm usually kind of in the worship center on Sunday morning, so I don't see what kind of goes out on elsewhere in the church. But I was on sabbatical for eight weeks. And for those weeks, I walked into church and the front door was not held open for me. And I'll tell you, my mindset, my thinking was different. And thinking through how welcoming we are as a church, just by the simple thing that I had to pull the door open and there was no one there with a smile for me. And I hope going forward as a church, we are never at a place where our doors are not held open and we are smiling and welcoming every person that comes into this church. The second is this is that we are an average church in America when it comes to our guests. What I mean by that is when our guests come, only 10% of our guests stay here long-term. That's a national average of churches. I want to change that. I want to make it so that our church changes the way that we welcome guests and we grow. Because people are coming, but they're not staying. And one of the simple things that we can do is when you come to church... For you to feel welcomed and loved here at a, at a church, you have to be engaged, smiled at, waved at, talked to by seven people. Seven people need to do that for you. And so all of us have a role on Sundays when we come here to smile, to be engaging. But we need people in our parking lot to do that. We need people who are greeters to do that. We need more ushers. 
We need more people within our kids' area, in our cafe, just around that our role is to say we are going to be an engaging community that values other people. And that when we do that, we will see more and more people who come here say, you know what? I feel loved here. I feel like this isn't a huge church where no one knows my name, but where each one of us say we want to know one more person here. And then lastly, when it comes to our kids and youth, you know this last year, we had over 600 guests within our kids and youth area alone. 600 came here and for the first time heard that Jesus loved them. We have a great need to always have more staff than we need. And I want to challenge you to invest in the next generation to do something within our next generation that helps them to know Jesus because they're coming here. They're looking for someone to model to them and to love them. And I hope that you as an individual and as each person here will do that. See, today you have an opportunity. Today you have an opportunity to go out and to go into that Welcome Center and say, I am going to show how much I love this church by stepping into serving. And I pray that you do because we need you. Because together, when we are walking in in humble ways with Jesus, we can be together a powerful force in loving those who walk through our front doors, in engaging our, our guests and helping them to come back. And then lastly, in building up a generation that knows and loves Jesus. You know, for me, the reason why I love this church is I love it because I get to serve with so many of you. So many of you who say, you know what? I am in it. I am in what we are doing as a church. I am all in. I am the 12th fan. I am all about what is happening here at this church. And I wanted to show you six people, six people that I know that every day inspire me in serving here at this church. Sally, Sally, uh, after the 1130 service, she comes into this room and she, in a humble spirit, just picks up all the bulletins that are left on the ground. And then the best part of what Sally does and the thing that inspires me on a weekly basis is that we use our kitchen here a lot at the church. And it is most of the time a mess, okay? But I know when Sally's been here because when I walk into the kitchen and it is sparkling, I know that she came in without anyone else knowing, and she cleaned the kitchen for a couple hours during the week when she has a free moment. That is what inspires me. Elizabeth, who's sitting over there, she inspires me because on Sunday mornings, no matter if it's cold or hot or 95 degrees, she's helping to wave people into our parking lot and helping them to have a great experience and just start smiling in the morning. The Blatts. The Blatts work at our front doors, and they always are holding open the front doors at our 8.30 service. When I talk to them about why they serve, they serve because they want to just help every person to feel loved when they come to church. And so through their smiling, uh, for over 20 years of being a greeter, they do that, and they, they believe that God has entrusted them with that. Manny, Manny works at 10 o'clock in the twos room with my daughter. Now, my daughter right now is, she's a crier, okay? She likes mom to always be around. And so when we drop her off, she's usually crying. And Manny goes, 
I know that the kids in the twos room cry, but it's my opportunity to model to them what it means to know Jesus. A high schooler living out his calling to model to my daughter what it means to know Jesus. Joe, Joe works at Next Steps. And when you ask Joe why he works at Next Steps, he works at Next Steps because he was designed for that place. Joe loves to talk to people and to help them take their next step. And that's his place. Whenever he's here on Sunday morning, he is always at Next Steps helping people to take their next step here. And then Victor. Victor is uh, the guy that I love to, to work with. And I love to work with people who have this mindset. And see, Victor, he has ideas on how we can improve, specifically with our greeters. And he's come and said, I want to do more. I'm a greeter, but I want to do more. I want to be in charge. I want to help because I have a vision of how we can do this better. That's who we need. That's who you can be. One of those who serves, who serves humbly, who serves faithfully, who says, I am part of what is happening here, and I'm going to use my gifts and my talents for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.